0: When the pressures of everyday life push the buttons of our inescapable human frailties, it's time to press pause, to be still, to breathe, and to look objectively at what is happening to ourselves and those about us. iHub Radio presents In This Moment with Toby C. Helping people to recover from emotional, physical, and spiritual pain. Now here's Toby C. I'm back. How you doing?
1: It's your friend, Toby, and this is our program in this moment. And thanks for joining me. Thanks for coming back. If, if you've joined this show before, if you've had a talk with me before, if this is your first time, welcome. And I really want to thank you for taking time out of your valuable day to, to spend a little time and talk about one of the most important subjects. Um that our country and our society faces, and that's the issues of, of over, overdoing it. How about that? I'd love to say drug and alcohol addiction, but how about extreme behavior? Our program in this moment is about recovery. It's a program about recovery. Recovery from what? Recovery from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. How about that? That's what we're going to be talking about today, Recovering from a Seemingly Hopeless State of Mind and Body. Our program, in this moment, we're going to be talking about drug and alcohol addiction and alcoholism, but I want you to know that our program is meant for everybody, everybody, again, who's suffering. Suffering? I don't know what you define as suffering. I define suffering as not feeling good, as something not being fulfilled. Um, I am in recovery. I'm in a couple of 12-step programs. I'm, I'm in Alcoholics Anonymous, and I'm also in Codependence Anonymous. Uh, so we are going to be using, uh, as a point of reference throughout our show today, a couple of publications from Alcoholics Anonymous. We're going to be using the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, published in 1939, and it's timeless and universal wisdom and it's system public sister publication, the 12 steps and 12 traditions, uh, which came out about 15 years later in the early 1950s. But let's, let's take a deep breath for a minute. And there's so many, so many causes of suffering. And one of the causes of suffering that we're going to be talking about today is self-righteousness, self-righteousness being imposed upon us by others or us practicing our own form of self-righteousness with others. And both forms of behavior are extreme behaviors and it's a one-way ticket to a dysfunctional relationship with others and ultimately with ourselves. So that's going to be our topic today. But for the time being, for the the remainder of this segment, before we get into the subject of overcoming self-righteousness, I want you to think for a minute just how important it is to calm down. I don't know if you're in recovery or if you're contemplating recovery or if you have a loved one who's really suffering, but you know, life is not a dress rehearsal. I mean, this is it. We've got to try to make the best out of what little life is remaining. We don't have, we don't know how much time we, we have remaining here on on this wonderful planet Earth. Or for some of us, it's not wonderful. For some of us, it's a living hell. For some of us, you don't have to worry about dying in order in order to determine if you're going to go to heaven or hell. For some of us, we our existence is a living hell. Probably one of the, the simplest things that the sufferer can do, and we talk about this every show, and it's a great warm up for our, our, our topic, is to remember that isolation and loneliness are the enemy, and unity and being a part of is the solution. One of my favorite quotes comes out of the big book on page 417 and it says when i stopped living in the problem and began living in the answer the problem went away and i'm here to tell you the very first thing you or your suffering loved one can do is to practice some unity and the simplest thing to do is to do a little research and it's very easy to do nowadays on the internet and look for a kinship of common suffering How about that. Also known as a recovery therapy group, but a kinship of common suffering. And there's the beginning of the answer. When I stopped living in the problem and began living in the answer, the problem went away. I'm here to tell you, my friend, if you want the problem to go away and you want to start living in the answer, the answer is unity. And whatever you're trying to overcome for this moment in your life, as we try to stay in the present moment, remember one elementary truth that the easiest way for the human being to overcome a personal malady is to focus their love and attention on helping another person overcome that very same malady. If you're irritable, restless, and discontent, and you can't seem to calm yourself down. Sometimes the best way to calm the spirit down is to find another suffering soul and to pay attention to that person and to try to calm them down. It's called unity and only through unity do we find calm. And those are the seeds of recovery to stop isolating, to, to stop feeling that we're terminally unique, to stop singing that same old somebody done me wrong song that you don't understand me. You're not terminally unique and I'm here to tell you, you don't ever have to be alone again ever. If you choose to seek out a group of, of other people who are suffering a kinship of common suffering. You don't ever have to be alone in your disease ever again, whether your disease is alcoholism or drug abuse or mental illness or codependent behavior. This is the solution. This is the beginning of the solution. When I stopped living in the problem and began living in the answer and part of the answer after we come into the kinship of common suffering, we start to practice a little unity and we start to calm down. I'm here to tell you that, well, it's been my experience and it's been the experience of countless people that I know that we start to experience something called a God of our understanding through this kinship of common suffering. If you find a group, a home group, and you consistently hit that group every single day or every single week, you will start to hear a message. And it's not the message that comes out of the mouths of people in that room. It's going to be a message that's going to touch your spirit and it's going to calm you. And it's going to be a peace that you're going to experience that only can experienced in this kinship of common suffering. You know, some bumper sticker talk is, you know, we find out together that we can do what we cannot do alone. And by the way, we're not going to talk about the degree of suffering today. Suffering is suffering. We're going to now talk about the solution. And the solution sometimes involves illuminating the problem once and for all, okay? And the problem that we're going to be illuminating today is the problem of self-righteousness. Self-righteousness involves the narrow mind and the cold, closed heart. And self-righteousness is extreme behavior And most importantly, self-righteous behavior is harmful. That's going to be what we're going to be talking today about when we illuminate the problem of self-righteousness, is the harm that we allow others to impose upon us with this type of behavior and the harm that we unwittingly or unknowingly or we instinctually act out on that we impose upon others. It's a form of denial, if you will. It all translates into our instinctual behaviors. But at the end of the day, the biggest problem with self-righteousness is harm. Is harm. Because once people calm down as a result of trusting God and cleaning house in the 12-step program, we develop this acute awareness. We develop an acute awareness that we have been harming people who have been suffering just like we have been. And if you have a conscience, which many of us do have, once we calm down and we clean house is the conscious, the conscience enables us to experience shame. And I don't know about you, but shame is a one-way ticket to me acting out again with drugs and alcohol, gambling and overeating. And the list goes on. Does that sound familiar? So there it is. We're going to be talking about overcoming self-righteousness, the problem, and then the solution. And we're going to be finishing up our show with something called the imagination exercises, how we're going to tie it all in together to make a program of recovery work for you or your loved one. This is Toby C and this is our program in this moment, only here on iHub Radio in lovely Palm Springs, California.
0: In this moment with Toby C. Continues now on iHub Radio. I'm back.
1: Self-righteousness. Do you know any people that are self-righteous? I do. Uh, They want to impose their will on us or on me. Um, Self-righteous people, I think... uh, if we're not careful, can try to become our higher power. Um, Self-righteous behavior is just simply harmful behavior. I want to give you a couple of examples of, of things to contemplate. And I'm going to read a few things, a few of my favorite nuggets out of the 12 and 12 in the big book on harm. And I want you to think about the kind of harm that we do people when we practice self-righteousness. Yeah. On page 80, we might ask ourselves what we mean when we say that we have harmed other people. You see harming, it really depends on who's defining what harm is. And I'm here to tell you, if you trust God and clean house, and ultimately help others and calm down. One of the beautiful things about recovery is you are going to learn the difference between right and wrong. You're going to learn the difference between righteous and unrighteous behavior. See, when we're not calm, there's no distinguishing between righteous and unrighteous behavior. It's called self-righteous behavior. It's a whole different vibration. Does that make sense? And, and in the vibe, in this, in this fear driven, I call it fear in action, is really what self-righteousness is. If you think about it and this fear in action is harmful to other people. I do believe that fear is contagious. Oh, I do. I also believe that calm is contagious right now we're talking about the problem of self-righteous behavior or fear in action or harm. And the idea is to calm down and recover so we can really ask ourselves what we mean when we say that we have harmed other people. Page 80 goes on to say, what kind of harms do people do one another anyway? In many instances, we shall find that through the harm done others, that though the harm done others has not been great, the emotional harm we have done ourselves has. How about that? When we really try to impose our self-righteous extreme behavior on others, are we not trying to control them or impose some level of harm on this person? And do we not, do we not impose emotional harm upon ourselves? You better believe we do. Especially something called the shame game. Oh, yeah. To define the word harm in a practical way, we might call it the result of instincts in collision, which cause physical, mental, emotional, or spiritual damage to people. Self-righteous behavior, the type of behavior that does not understand or comprehend or tolerate right or wrong, but only their reality of righteousness. These are the types of behaviors that cause harm in a practical way. We might call it the result of instincts in collision which have caused physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual damage to people. By the way, when we recover and we calm down, part of recovery is going out and trying to restore peace to all the, the people that we have harmed by our conduct and our self-righteous extreme behavior and it's called the ninth step in the 12 step method of recovery where we go out and we really try to restore peace to those people that we have harmed and the ninth step of amends is very much an apology but people who have recovered and calmed down can can back up that apology finally and we can finally say with sincerity that we're sorry for the harms that we have done others The name of the game, man, is to stay away from this behavior because it says right here on page 70, if we are not sorry and our conduct continues to harm others, we are quite sure to drink. You know, it's possible to recover from the insanity of drug and alcohol addiction or gambling or sex or food or whatever your your particular extreme acting out behavior is. But if you're not sorry, if you're not willing to go back and revisit all the damage that that conduct created, you're destined to repeat it again. And that's what they say when they say, if we are not sorry and our conduct continues to harm others, we are quite sure to drink. Some of the other harms of practicing self-righteousness or accepting and tolerating self-righteous behavior from others is it's very discouraging. You know, self-righteous behavior is an instinctual behavior controlling trying to control the outcome of our reality, but it discourages others. It tells others that there's something wrong with you, that you're inferior. See, I know better. And that is a bad message. I'm telling you, there's nothing more harmful than, than interfering with the spiritual progress and growth of another human being. And probably the most damaging thing we can do to the detriment of another person's spiritual growth is give them a bad message and to discourage them with self righteous behavior and domination. And it leads to a resentment. You know, Although our motives were good, or seemingly good, we placed ourselves in a position to be hurt by others. We stepped on the toes of our fellows, and they retaliated. See, most self-righteous people are there to do good. Their heart's in the right place. They're just going about it the wrong way. Now we're going to be talking about the solution coming up. We're going to be talking about overcoming self-righteous behavior or overcoming being a victim of other people's control and dominance and self-righteousness. It's your buddy Toby C. This is our program in this moment only here on I Hub radio.
0: in this moment, helping to open hearts and minds that allow for the mysterious, powerful, enduring, and proven alternative to destructive behavior. Here is your guide, Toby C. Okay. We have a solution
1: for overcoming intolerance, or excuse me, did I say intolerance? I meant overcoming self-righteousness and overcoming self-righteousness also includes overcoming intolerance i got a little nugget i want to read to you from the big book of alcoholics anonymous and it's on page 568 and it's the second of two pages in the back of the big book it's called appendix to the spiritual experience it's a very quick paragraph but it talks about probably the best way to overcome self-righteousness. Most emphatically, we wish to say that any alcoholic capable of honestly facing his problems in the light of our experience can recover, provided he does not close his mind to all spiritual concepts. He can only be defeated by an attitude of intolerance or belligerent denial. So, If there's ever a summarizing identifying problem with self-righteousness, it would be intolerance and denial. By the way, I'm gonna tell you that the reason why denial plays into this is it's a perfected behavior. And so many of us in our own little ways are capable of practicing self-righteousness because it's a form of our instinctual survival skills. We have to make sure that what we're doing or where we're going is right and that it's not going to imperil us or endanger us. It's a fear. Remember it's a fear in action. But more so self-righteousness, is a form of, of playing God. Self-righteousness is a way of playing God or submitting to somebody's self-righteousness is a form of somebody trying to become our higher power or we placing somebody as our higher power. But the problem is there's no God in the front of this equation. Okay. It's the man, God, and the God man, and it doesn't work. It's the the demon of self-sufficiency. It's the demon of fear. It's the demon of self-righteousness. And so many people who come into recovery are possessed by the demon of self-righteousness or fear in action. It's the demon of instinctual survival. There's nothing to even ponder It has to be done this way. You must do it this way. We have to do it this way. This has to be how it has to be done. It's not very attractive, is it? No. People tend to either pull toward people who practice self-righteousness or more often are repelled by self-righteous behavior. Why? Because it's harmful. Really the only way to overcome this is to trust God and to clean house and to stop playing God and to expel the demon of self. Page 32 of the 12 and 12. The fact was we really hadn't cleaned house so that the grace of God could enter us and expel the obsession. See, self-righteousness is an obsession. And another word for obsession is to worry. You know anybody who worries a lot? They're worried because they're determined that the outcome has to be done right. It's a demon of fear. Page 15 of the foreword. You know, the the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous, the 12 steps of the 12-step method are really this. The 12 steps are a group of principles, spiritual in their nature, which if practiced as a way of life, can expel the obsession to drink or to use or to act out, but can expel the obsession and enable the sufferer to become happily and usefully whole. That's from page 15. That's the forward of the 12 and 12. Remember that if you want to expel the obsession, we must adopt principles that are spiritual in our nature. And there is the solution. By the way, once we've cleaned house and we've emptied our vessel of all this negative energy, of all this fear, of all this denomic possession, we have to fill it with something. We have to refill our vessel with the good things in order to keep the bad from returning. Let me give us some examples of healthy ways to fill your vessel once the demon has been expelled, the demon of fear and the demon of self-righteousness. One of the best ways and I mentioned this earlier, is to participate in a kinship of common suffering and to practice unity and to seek calm. See, you may be suffering from a spiritual... You may be suffering from a condition which only a spiritual experience will conquer. And this spiritual experience, for many of us, is to experience contact, conscious contact with the God of our understanding. And one of our mantras in the 12-step program is that no human power could have relieved our suffering, but only God could and would if he were sought. No human power, no human self-righteous power could relieve our suffering despite their best efforts, but only God could and would if he were sought. There is only one who has all power and that one is God and may you find him now. And it's found in the kinship of common suffering. That's the solution. Get into the herd of recovery. Get into the middle of that herd, man, where you can feel safe and protected and not vulnerable. Bond with this group and practice something called anonymity. Practice unconditional love. Practice just being there for somebody instead of imposing your will and your unsolicited advice and your dominance and your control and your fear on this person. How about if you just be still? and be present and be available and just be anonymous, just a smiling soul to comfort and to calm them. Now there's the solution, man. The best part about trusting God and cleaning house is we, we develop this, this acute awareness of our behavior. And denial is what so many people who practice or are victims of self-righteousness are subject to, denial and awareness. And one of my favorite, favorite little nuggets is is to talk about moving out of denial and into awareness. And awareness is very much the solution to overcoming self-righteous, harmful behavior. And it's called the trap door. And I talk about this quite often. And those of us who are lucky enough to have hit bottom and have had nothing else to consider, but to consider a power greater than ourselves, are given something called the gift of desperation. And the gift of desperation can lead us to the first ingredient of recovery. And that's gratitude. You know, you got to trust God and trusting God is calming down. And when you calm down and you participate in your kinship of common suffering, your group therapy, whatever you want to call it, your home group, your posse, you're going to experience gratitude, man. When you really sit still and listen to your fellow man and you want to, you want to listen to suffering in a general way, man, you're going to develop gratitude. And gratitude is one of the main ingredients of humility. See, and humility is where we, we stop playing God. Until he so humbles himself, his sobriety, if any, will be precarious. Of real happiness, he will find none at all. See what happens when we try to play God, we manufacture our own misery and humility is simply putting God first. And practicing humility is trying to place God first. And if you're anything like Toby here, I have a lifetime of practicing putting me first, see, but I'm making progress. I'm getting better at it. It's called practicing humility. You know, our misery, again, is because we play God. We try to make people, other people, our higher power, or we try to be other people's higher power. And by refusing to place God first, we deprived ourselves of his help. That's page 76 out of the 12 and 12. Right smack dab in the middle of step seven. And it's about humility. Humility. Isn't that a simple definition of humility? Just putting God first and just trying to do it. Because if you're an instinctual survivalist like me, it's, you know, it's hashtag me first. (laughs) And there you go. And once you learn how really to place God first, when you really learn how to calm down and put your hand in the hand of the man, you know, then you can experience something called anonymity. And anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all of those spiritual principles that I talked about. And all those spiritual principles, if practiced as a way of life, can expel, cast out, drive out the obsession and enable the sufferer to become happily and usefully whole. Now, if that's not a solution, I don't know what is. You know, you got to trust the process. You got to calm down and you got to quit being distracted. Calming down is really about not being distracted. That's why sometimes the best people to work with in recovery are the ones who have really hit bottom, you know, catch them when they're jittery. They'll be more receptive when depressed. You better believe it, man. I like to work with people who are real jittery, who don't have anything else to pay attention to job, wife or no wife, nothing. All they want to do is get better and then it happens. It really does. That's the solution, my friend, for overcoming self-righteousness and for being happy, joyous and free. How's that for bumper sticker talk anyway? It's your friend Toby C. And this is our program in this moment. You know, we're talking about overcoming fear in action, self-righteous behavior, overcoming harming people. I think you can do it. I know you can do it. Just got to trust God, clean house, and don't forget to help others. We're going to be coming back with the imagination exercises about uh, pointing you in the right direction in your in your journey of recovery. This is Toby C. In this moment.
0: In a world of overstimulation, you've arrived in a safe and calming space. This is in this moment with Toby C. On iHub Radio.
1: Barbara sung it so well she didn't write these words but she sung it so well people people who need people are the luckiest people in the world see you need people I know that that maybe people have hurt you or maybe you can't help but hurt others and your solution is to isolate to practice avoidance and and Loneliness, that's the devil. Loneliness is the demon. Loneliness wants to keep you suffering. And I'm telling you, the best way to overcome this sense of loneliness is to please consider, first and foremost, seek out a kinship of common suffering. And believe it or not, you unwittingly or unknowingly might just be seeking out a God of your understanding. Did that ever occur to you? You know, so much of, of recovery and what you're going to do this, this could be the very last time you ever have to be in rehab or recovery. You're going to get it this time. Think about that. This time you're going to calm down and you're going to open up your mind. Honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness are indispensable. And you are going to open up your mind to the realm of possibility. And once you calm down and open up your mind to the possibility of the existence of God, your heart is going to soften and your heart's going to open up. And this, this benevolent good energy, this good power, this God of your understanding is going to enter you and expel this obsession. That's what's going to happen to you. Most importantly, I want you to imagine that, that when you finally calm down and you have no worries in the world anymore because you put your hand in the hand of the man and you're coming from a place of faith instead of fear, You're going to have to work with others in order to maintain this, this gift of serenity, this gift of calm, this gift of peace. It is a gift. and In order to maintain this gift, you must uphold your end of the agreement. See, this is not just a one-way gift. You've been given a gift and now you have to uphold your end of the agreement And your end of the agreement is to keep your feet firmly planted here on earth because this is where your fellow travelers are and this is where your work must be done. That's out of the big book. You know, we'd all like to think that we have this this great relationship with the God of our understanding up there in the clouds, but no. No, our feet must be firmly planted here on earth because this is where our fellow travelers are and this is where our work must be done. And the work that you're going to do when you finally calm down and recover and clean house and experience this peace that surpasses all comprehension. What you're going to do is you're going to be uniquely helpful to another suffering person from the same situation that you've just crawled out from under because you are going to provide something that therapists and physicians and specialists cannot provide. You are going to speak a lingo. You are going to carry a uniquely helpful message to this suffer. You are going to be a messenger. I hate to say it, but you're going to be a minister. It's kind of a, distasteful word to some people, but you're going to minister calm and peace and faith and recovery and love upon another suffering, hopeless soul. That's what you're going to do. And it's going to give you an experience that you've, that you've never experienced to watch people recover, to see them help others. To watch loneliness vanish. To see a fellowship grow up about us. To have a host of friends. This is an experience you must not miss. We know you will not want to miss it. Contact. Frequent contact with the newcomer, and with each other is the bright spot of our lives as we have the F-18s flying overhead. So it's okay. Anyway, I'm going to read that quote one more time because this is where you're going with your recovery. You are going to be a sponsor. You are going to be an incredible, credible sage of wisdom And hope and recovery for another suffering soul. And I swear to you, to watch people recover, to see them help others, to watch loneliness vanish, to see a fellowship grow up about you, to have a host of friends, this is an experience you will not want to miss. Frequent contact with the newcomer with each other is the bright spot of our lives. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine being a sponsor someday? And by the way, I'm going to tell you the biggest nugget of all when it comes to sponsorship. The primary purpose of you sponsoring another suffering soul is to calm that person down and to prepare that soul to become a sponsor. I'm going to say it again. The primary function of you sponsoring and calming down another suffering. Soul is to prepare that person to comfort and to calm another soul. You know, you can't keep it unless you give it away. We're not life coaches. We're not gurus, you know, in sponsorship, we meet as equals. And if you're anything like me, You know, I meet with my people frequently and we just bust it out and we get it done. I want people to recover before they get better. Does that make sense? Anyway, I hope you've gotten something out of our show today on overcoming self-righteousness and Toby C at iHubRadio.com is my email address. And we're here in lovely Palm Springs, despite all the F-18s flying overhead. And you have a wonderful day. God bless you. Take care.